Well, good news, everybody. Last week was not the last episode of the Repcolite Home Improvement oh, Show. God. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And if you don't listen every week, well, shame on you, first off. But I will let you in on it. Last week, I said it could be the very last episode yeah, of the show. Some real dramatic statements I did. about every day could be our last. Every day could be our last. <laughs> but last week in particular, I had great big plans to go roller skating. Yes. And I know my my struggles with non-klutzy, yeah, <laughs> non-klutzy <laughs> behavior with gravity. And I could only anticipate what uh, a couple hours of roller skating was going to be like. Well, I'm here. I survived. So for some of you, this is a win. For other people, <laughs> you're going to have to keep enduring. Mm. But the good news is we don't know. This still could be the last episode oh of gosh. the show. <laughs> I never made it roller skating. <laughs> the family had a couple of sick people in it. Well, not, you know, they, like sick, like they had the cold or something. Not sick deeper than that. It not like just... it could be their last day. <laughs> no. I, well, I, technically, Haley, <laughs> we don't know. But no, people were not feeling well. We were unable to go. So it's it's on the schedule. It's kind of one of those floating, it's like a floating feast day or something. Someday we're going to go roller skating soon when all, everything aligns just right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I will be sure to talk about it in depth on air. I'm very excited for that day to come. But it was not probably, this past weekend. You should let me know beforehand. I will. I'll let everybody know. It's my way. Yeah. I'll say a lot about it. And we'll see once what happens. Yeah, you can get some of that on video. Oh, man, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, someday that's coming. Right now, what do we want to talk about on the show today? We've got a lot of different things planned. A big interview. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. We're talking to a fire scientist. Fire scientist Kurt Zink from Vanderwall Brothers. And, you know, he's going to be talking about high-efficiency wood-burning stoves and fireplaces, inserts, all of that. But also about a big tax credit mm -hmm. that if you put one of these in... Well, I'm not going to spill the beans. He'll tell you about that coming up. We're also going to be talking about how to kill the winter blues. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm excited for that. Yeah, cause... we're going to kill it good, kill it dead. <laughs> and that's coming up at the end of the show. You need to be dead. But right now, what are you going to amaze us with, Haley? Haley's got a topic. Okay, well, when you lead in like that. I, I like to lead in big, <laughs> Haley. It's the open. It's paint cure. And oh, that boy. Sounds thrilling. I know. <laughs> when I pitched this topic to Dan, he thought, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. It, paint <laughs> cure. And it's not even cure like, okay, you're struggling with this. If you put paint no, on it, yeah. you're going to be better. No, we're talking about like literally paint drying, like Letting the dullest it dry. thing possible. <laughs> it's important though. And it's something people don't typically understand. No, and it's I, not. I know that for a fact because I, even I, was uninformed on this years back when I was but a novice. Even as someone that understands paint cure and dry times and all of that, I'm still guilty of, you know, testing painted surfaces after I painted them for durability. Sure. Because, you know, I painted my cabinets or a piece of furniture or a floor and I'm worried that it's not going to be durable, right? Like, did I use the right paint? Is it going to hold up? So I'll do a little scratch test after I painted something. Not the right time to do that. That's not going to tell me any good information. Right. It's going to scratch at, off. At least you know that. So you're yeah. impatient. Yes, I'm I was impatient. completely ignorant. Okay. So, yeah, a previous job, I decided the manager was away. Mm -hmm. And I decided with the other people there, they thought, hey, we should paint all of these displays that we've got. 
do you want to do it, Dan? And of course, like I, you know, like a moron, I of course said, yes, I'll do that. So I ran off to Repcolite, my very first experience <laughs> at Repcolite. I was in college and got paint. And actually, I got paint from the store that I ended up working in, came back, That's did funny. everything that they told me to do. Yeah. What I did not ask is how long mm-hmm. do I wait before I, you know, put any test on this? And I was scared to death that when the manager came back from we'll his vacation. Up. Yes, that it was not going to work very well. And so right away, I got them painted, and that next morning I came in and I did the scratch test. (laughs) And then the first one I tested, it peeled right off. Right. So I went around the whole place. And just started scratching. Yes, I peeled huge amounts of paint (laughs) off all over the place, had to go back to Repcolite, crab that the paint was bad, was informed about paint cure, and then told how to fix my problem. So let's talk about paint cure, because we don't want you to be a Haley impatient, impatient. and we don't want you to be ignorant like Dan. Neither things are good. (laughs) (laughs) But no, understanding paint cure is critical to making... The paint lasts as long as possible and, you know, to not undo all of your hard work yep, like yep. you did. It's really, really dumb. Um, just because paint feels dry to the touch doesn't mean that paint is durable yet. And that's where paint cure comes in. So paint is dry to the touch when solvents have evaporated from your paint. So it feels dry. Mm-hmm. It's not actually fully dry yet. It's not fully 100% dry until the paint has reached this full hardness when it's fully cured, and that can take 21 to 30 days. That's right. So don't start scratching no. at it <laughs> a day later. You're not going to have any idea of its true durability until you reach that full maximum cure time. So what kind of things play into that and affect how long it will take to cure? Right, because that's a range, 21 to 30 days, but it could take longer than that. It could take less time than that because there are things that affect how long cure time takes, like right. the thickness of the paint, how thickly you apply that paint. The thicker it is, the longer it's going to take to cure. The surface you painted, the sheen of the paint even, the color of the paint can have an impact. The environment. The darker the color, the longer it's going to take to cure. Sure. Yeah, the, the environment. environment. you're painting in. You know, exactly. All of those conditions can affect all of that. So what do you do? Now, you, you've got to let it sit the time that we talked about. Right. But there are definitely some rules to follow exactly. with all of this in mind that will help you get great results. Right. So if you're painting cabinets like Dan was doing or like those shelves that you were painting, mm-hmm. don't put all of the things back on those shelves right away. No, because you're going to need a putty knife to get them off later. (laughs) You maybe don't have to wait the full 30 days, right? But waiting three days rather than three hours is going to be better. So keep that in mind. Wait as long as possible to put those objects back on shelves. Right. That's just right there is a really good rule of thumb. Wait as long as you can wait. Yep, exactly. Whatever that is, give it that amount of time. That's really good. How about like if you're painting a a, a floor? like. I, Don't you wear wanna... high heels, you know, right. like that would be you a jumped good rule in with of that thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was jumping into that and I thought, how do I finish this and have it end well? No, wear socks. You know, if it's new paint, the high heels could actually make little indents into the painted surface. So just wear socks when the paint is dry. Right. If it's not walk... dry. <laughs> Don't walk across it. That's really bad, too. <laughs> Don't use heavy solvents to clean a newly painted surface. That's another thing people right. mistake. They want to see how washable something is. Mm-hmm. So they jump right on it and that can be a mistake. Don't cover up a freshly painted surface. So don't throw paper on top of right. it to prevent, you know, or protect against foot traffic and things like that. Just let it cure. Exactly. Let it be exposed to the air. Give it the time that you can 
and you'll get better results. By all means, stop out and ask us about that. We'll tell you what you need to expect, what you need to do to get the best results possible. Exactly. All right. I think we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be in the studio with Kurt Zink from Vanderwall Brothers talking about high-efficiency wood burners. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. We're back, and Haley, we're going to solve some of my problems. Oh, good. Yep, that's exactly what I like Thank to do. You. You're listening. And there's someone else here to do it for us. Yes, you're <laughs> listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, and we're in the studio with Kurt Zink, fire scientist yes. from Van- Vanderwall Brothers, right, Kurt? That's right. Did I get all, all of that right? Vanderwall Brothers in Spring Lake and Heritage Fireplace by Vanderwall Brothers in Grand Rapids. All right, so all of that is, is together. The most important thing about all of that was fire scientists. I want to dig into that. But the problem that I've got, it's a problem I've been trying to solve for a while. I've got a wood-burning fireplace Mm -hmm. in the house, and I've never had the chimney, you know, uh, A chimney sweep? Well, I've swept it. I've done all of that. But I've never had anybody come down and put a camera down there, make sure everything's good. It's a house we moved into, well, after we bought it. That's how we like to do things. (laughs) Like to move in after we've paid for it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, the other people finally left and now it's ours. No, we moved in and I never really dug into that. And so I've been, for the last three years, I've been a little nervous to even run it. I should get somebody out there. Well, I I, love the idea of wood burning fireplaces, but every time I've been around one, it is a little more nerve wracking than I expect it to be for some reason. Because there's fire in the house? Well, yeah. And all of that is concerning. We've actually been in the studio, Haley has not, but multiple times with Rob Kakowski. I think I got his name right. And he was from Heritage Heritage, Fireplace. Heritage Fireplace. And Rob... Always came with a ton of information. We're expecting the same from you, Kurt, and I'm sure we're going to get it because I've already had conversations with you. And I just want to dig into this whole thing. Fireplaces in the home. I know that fire you know, in the home is a, it's a concerning thing. It's something that you take very seriously. Fire scientist isn't a joke name for you, is it? It's not. No, no. not at all. And really, you know, we talk about National Fireplace Institute. Uh, we have multiple people that are hearth design specialists. And that's really when you're intentionally putting fire in your home, mm-hmm. you want to make sure safety is of the utmost concern. So that's really one of our core values. And that's really a core value of where Wherever you go, uh, you're intentionally putting fire in your home. Yeah. So we're going to dig into that. And like I said, I've been nervous to even get my fireplace going. I've looked at some different inserts. I want to talk about specifically today with you high-efficiency wood burning and also um, a tax credit that's out there that I want people to be aware of. First, before we get to that important stuff, Kurt, you're just back from Vegas and you were talking about a home that you toured and it's the kind of house that I think I'm thinking about making the purchase on. It's <laughs> it's it's an entry level home. It's entry it's, it's entry level entry level luxury. Mm-hmm. It's what I deserve. It's yes. what I feel I should get. <laughs> Kurt, tell us about that house very briefly. Yeah, we were out at the National Association of Home Builders International Builder Show, and so one of my coworkers and I, we had the opportunity to go into an entry level luxury home, is how they described it. <laughs> it's the new American home, and so the NHAB will put on uh, and they'll design homes to look at latest trends, indoor outdoor spaces. Sure. This specific home was a two bedroom, seventy seven hundred square foot home. $14 million price tag. Two Not bedroom, your typical. 7,700 square Yeah, I'm, I've got more kids than that, so I'm going to need more bedrooms. 
Well, so, I'm sure you could fit them somewhere. It's well, 7,700 square feet. You know, but I want it to be specifically bedroom space, Haley. <laughs> and nothing's too good for me. So how much did you say the price tag was? $14 million. Yeah. Entry level. <laughs> very, very entry level. Yeah, it's crazy. You were telling me that. I thought it was hilarious. You mentioned a couple of the, the fire components in the house, some of the cool things that they've done with design, though. Yeah, so very much the indoor-outdoor space, they did that really well. It was exquisite. It over overlooks Las Vegas. Um, it was a curated event, and some of the fire features were just certainly over the top. Um, and so it was more for design ideas, and that's really why we go is to look at some of the latest, at, you know, cutting-edge sorts of designs and yeah. what that might look like uh, here in West Michigan. In a normal home. <laughs> yeah. Even my home could at least have, well, probably not even those things. Those, those, those components were probably more expensive Invaluable than the home I live in, oh but I could still have fire in my house in a safe manner, and yes. that's what we want to get Absolutely. to. Before we do that, though, Kurt, we mentioned briefly you're with Vanderwall Brothers. Talk about who you guys are, what you do, who you sure, are, and sure. why we need to listen. Yeah, so I'm a recovering CPA, uh, and so <laughs> I've been in construction my for most of my career, um, and uh, so I'm fortunate to be in the building product space. So Vanderwall has been around since 1922. Wow. Uh, we really do three things well. Uh, we have a 17-acre campus in Spring Lake, two manufacturing facilities, and we make dry cast concrete products. So we make a concrete block. A large battery plant that's getting built here near Holland is a project that we're sourcing. So that's the type of work that we do K through 12 market. Uh, Second thing that we do really well is we're mechanical contractors specializing in yellow flame. And so that's everything fire related, indoor and outdoor. Uh, that's kind of our space. Uh, and then the third thing is we're stone, brick, and hardscapes dealers. Okay. And so anything, we kind of take a holistic approach when we talk about fireplaces because a lot of times there's stone. It's a, a non-combustible product that's going around a fireplace for safety mm-hmm. and for design. And so we really kind of cover that ground between the hearth industry and the stone and brick space. All right. So tons of stuff. Kurt, there's a lot of different things that we could dig into, and we plan to, as long as you have an okay time here. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) He's honored to be here. Honored. Did you listen to the podcast? I absolutely did. (laughs) Yes. I wanted somebody to say that. I didn't even know what to say. Your moment has arrived. I I don't know what to do. I'm just, I feel like a kid on Christmas, at Christmas. (laughs) Anyway, let's just get to it. I'm 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 flustered. Thank you, Kurt. You are welcome. I have no idea how to respond to that. See, I made a big joke about you it. Wanted this to happen all the time. Yeah, it's just like most now of you life. Don't know what to do. If only this would happen, then it does, and you're just completely flummoxed. You don't know what to do. <laughs> let's talk about high efficiency wood burning stuff. Um, you you say there's a, a tax credit out there, and we want to get to that. But first, I guess my familiarity with high efficiency stuff is with like gas inserts and stuff. Mm -hmm. How does this, I mean, it's obviously not gas. So how does it compare? Is it as efficient? Yes. What do we look at? We have lots of different, you know, I kind of think of the fireplace space as different fuel sources. You know, there's gas, natural gas, propane, there's wood, there's alternative fuel, pellets, uh, there's electric. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about the types of fireplaces, you know, traditional fireplace, uh, insert, a stove. uh, Each of them have different uh, applications Mm -hmm. and what works from a venting standpoint. Um, 
you know, I think the thing that you were referencing on the tax credit. Uh, so the tax credit has, you know, transformed over time. I think when Rob was last here, it was a $300 tax credit in 2020. So, yeah. It's changed. Uh, we currently have a 25C tax credit, which is uh, basically a 30% uh, eligible stoves, high efficiency. The way they categorize high efficiency is 75% higher heating value and above. Hmm. Um, and so that 30% is for materials, labor. It's capped at $2,000. Cool. And so that's kind of a really kind of a cool thing. If you're considering looking at some sort of wood stove, uh, pellet insert, pellet stove, um, the tax credit is could be a beneficial thing to, to look at. And you said installation and all of that. Installation, that. yeah. So if you go to epa.gov, there's certain qualifying, you know, so really kind of the, the measuring stick is the higher heating value. Mm -hmm. And so uh, basically what, you know, we're looking at is the particulate matter that goes into the atmosphere. They're continuing to... Uh, you know, lower the number of grams that are happening, you know, out of wood burning, biomass type applications. So like a cleaner burn. So it's cleaner burning. So um, and that's, you know, kind of uh, came out in May 15th of 2020 uh, so that you're getting a very clean, efficient burning wood stove, pellet stove insert. Okay. Does that have to do with the ventilation? I keep thinking of solo stoves when you say clean burning because... I don't know if you're familiar with that fire pit, but it's yep. got like the little ring around it yep. and it has a secondary flame secondary that burns burn. yep. all of the other yep. matter that's coming off of it. So it's smokeless. Is yep. that kind of what we're talking it, it, about? It's not. Um, you know, that's another application. We sell Brio. Brio and Solo are very similar. Okay. So secondary burn. But the venting system really in any fireplace is really the engine to the fireplace. And so it's how it's getting oxygen and how it's releasing the the, the off gassing, if you will. So. Um, but the efficiency conversations, some of the stoves are catalyst, you know, where it's there's a replaceable catalyst, mm -hmm. kind of like a catalytic converter in your car. And then there's others that have a different sort of burning mechanism that burns efficiently. So it's really more about the particulate matters that are going in. The more burning that's happening in the chamber, mm -hmm. that less particulate matter that's happening, you know, in the atmosphere. All right. You're a fire scientist. He's a fire scientist. <laughs> and a lot. We're going to take a break for just a second. If you can hang with us, Kurt. Yep. Can you? Okay. Okay. You don't have to say it's an honor when you come back. Okay. One was good. I mean, that was plenty. I'm really happy That'll with that. I'm going for a while. That's going to get. I'm living <laughs> the dream right now. But I want to dig into practically how this plays out, how we as homeowners make the right purchase, what we're even looking at. Yeah. And you're going to help us with all of that. And we're going to do all of that after a quick break with news and weather in Grand Rapids and a Repco Light Rewind in the Detroit area. That's all ahead. Stick around. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show on 106.7 Detroit's Wheels. And right now it's time for another Repco Light Rewind. And this time we're rewinding our way back to an episode from January 25 of 2021. But right now let's talk about an interesting uh, conversation that you and I had with Caroline Dwan from Benjamin Moore. Caroline comes from the Chicago area and she met us for lunch uh, about a week ago and was talking to us all the new stuff that's coming out. And then she mentioned this personal dilemma that she ran into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she'd painted her kitchen, which went really well. She stepped outside the box. Usually mm -hmm. she's kind of a beige or khaki person. 
and was so inspired by the home show, or not the home show, the design event that you guys had a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. she decides she wants to try something along the lines of First Light for her office now because Now, First Light is kind of a pink, yeah, a, a neutrally pink, very soft pink. Very soft. But the kitchen is green. She really likes it a lot. It's calm. It works in that space. Now the office is right off the kitchen, and she's looking at, all the samples in that room. She's doing that right. She sampled. That's the best thing that you can do. But she's getting down to the wire. Her painter is going to be there. That's a friend of hers over the 4th of July weekend. Mm-hmm. It's the 3rd. And she's still got to choose a color and clean out the room. So it's kind of down to the wire. And it forces her into a position that no one wants to be in. And that's choosing a color that maybe isn't right. It's just... Well, we... Right. It, well, you've had to have a decision. Yeah. That's where she was at. I need to do something. I need to pick something. She had asked a bunch of people for their advice. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things. It's a hard story to tell because there's so many different components. So I want to go back. You had said how she sampled the colors. She did right. the right thing. She sampled 10 colors, though. True. That was part of the problem. Not all pinks. Right. She had blues and grays and, and a number of different tones. So she did all of that and was, was stuck couldn't quite decide she brought in other people how many times haven't we done that you know yeah we always do that which one would you choose right so she brings in other people and gets their advice and then it really just she can't settle on anything nothing quite seems right but she's got 10 colors one of them has to be right yeah there's a pressure right now the painter needs something and she's got to just go with what she thought was the color she in fact the word she used is this was the color i disliked the least yeah. you know she liked the color in in and of itself that was important but there was something about it that just didn't feel right exactly but she needed a decision so she chose that color and figured i'm going to just grow to love it over time it'll be great turns out didn't work that way <laughs> and it really gets worse right. it was a little bit sad if it had been me it would have been even sadder <laughs> But this was somebody else, so I was just thinking, oh, this is interesting. Funny how Let's that works. Let's dig into that. Yeah. I had a lot of empathy, though. Did you notice? No. What? <laughs> I was did. very I'm empathetic. Sure. Yeah. You were curious. I weeped when she wept. No. I didn't? No, I didn't. I was very curious, though. And the thing was that was very interesting is that not only did she now hate that color that was in her office. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Hated it so much she didn't even want to think about it. She said it was gross to even think about the office color and the kitchen color. Together. Together. She said it was like Miami Vice. Way too pastel. (laughs) So here's what you end up with. She loved the kitchen Mm -hmm. and she liked the color in the office separately. Together. Gross. She hated both of them. She hated the kitchen space as well now. So now, as we were talking to her, she was thinking about she's got to get a painter back. She's got to pick new colors for both spaces. She's just got to change everything. Yeah. She was very frustrated, very depressed in a way, you know, in a lighthearted manner. It's hard to picture Caroline depressed. depressed. Yeah, it was <laughs> an easygoing depression. But you know the feeling. Mm-hmm. You thought you had something. You just thought you were defeated. Right. Defeated. You're yeah. making progress. And then you make a decision that feels like you just erased all the progress you were making. That's where she was at. How does she fix it? What went wrong? So one mistake is choosing a color under pressure. That's never a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, it takes a lot longer than we think sometimes. And it's almost like that rule of thumb, however long you think something's going to take, just double it. <laughs> right. That's how I do almost everything. I right. assume 
I'm going to mess it up and it's going to take longer. That formula seems to work well, for the, some reason. And the thing with the color is that in, in anytime you've got a deadline, that deadline is a deadline. It can't be extended. Mm-hmm. There's no way to just add extra time on the end. The only place to add extra time right. is in the beginning. So you need to start earlier. If you've got a project coming up, I'd start working on your colors now. Right. Because you can always be done ahead of decision. time. That's the one that's going to take the most time. If you're not painting the room yourself and you're depending on this deadline, that's all the work that's up front and you can't adjust anything now. Nope. So start now. That's the first thing. That would have helped Caroline a lot. Another thing is to consider the color of adjoining spaces. That is absolutely key. Don't decorate in a vacuum. Right. Everything is connected. You're going to walk from one space to the next. You can see the colors from the other room. They've all got to be cohesive and in harmony, work together, because now she doesn't like the office color, this rose bisque. But she did like that kitchen color before, and now she doesn't because of the rose bisque. Right. Both of the colors she was okay with. It's when she sees them together. And the, the, the funny thing is, the ironic thing is, the place where she can sit in the office, where she works, that spot yeah. is the spot that allows her to see both of those together. Right. So always consider that. Keep that in mind. Sometimes we get over-focused on the room we're in. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's got to play well with the rest of the house as well. Now, another thing is that more isn't always better. Having too many choices yeah. actually makes the whole choosing process much, much tougher. Well, it can like paralyze you sometimes. But also, it's really important to find a color direction before you're sampling. If she's going to go with a pink, it's better to find that out before you've got samples on the wall. It's best not to have blue, gray, and pink on the wall together Because now that's a lot to decide on. If you do want to go with blue, now maybe you've got to sample more blues to find the right one. Right. That's overwhelming. Right. And and that's that's so interesting because, yeah, what we would say is when you get to the point of putting colors on the wall, you should already have figured out kind of the rough direction where you're going. Yeah, because now you're just doing tints and shades. Right. And worst case scenario, you've got a couple of options where you maybe might be going. Right. But you certainly don't want to have this full spectrum because, like you're saying, it can make it more confusing. Mm -hmm. There's still more to dig into. And also colors don't look right Right. necessarily next to other certain tones. We see the undertones come through. Well, and our eyes are averaging all the colors that we see at once. So we're not really seeing that color unless it's by itself. That's so important to remember. That's why we want to get it larger with these color samples mostly so that we're not seeing the other colors in our vision. Right. We want to narrow in. <laughs> so when we talk about buying color samples, Benjamin Moore has those sample pints. What we're not rec- you know, not necessarily recommending is that you just just try a whole bunch of different tones and and all kinds of different colors. We're saying use the color chips in the store for that. Mm-hmm. Take those home to figure out where you want to go. Then get specific with the color samples that you're actually painting under the wall. Exactly. Another mistake or something to consider is that outside opinions aren't always helpful. You know, right now with social media, yeah. it's just blown up where people are throwing things out on on their social media pages and asking for Let's opinions. Let's have a poll, yeah. yeah. Which one do you think I should choose? And maybe that's helpful, but sometimes, what do you do if the answers don't go with your gut? If you're thinking, I really like this one, but everyone else is saying, well, I think this one, 
now there's that battle or people know you so well that they know that that's the one that you already like. They're just going to confirm your bias. Well, and Caroline talked about that. She said she brought in a bunch of people and they all kind of they said, in fact, she had even said at our uh, lunch that a couple people had just said, you like that color. You like that rose bisque. Mm -hmm. Go for it. You know, they're just confirming her in that color. Right. And that can be good. But if it's none of them, are they going to be the people that say, maybe this isn't the direction we should go with at right. all? Right. <laughs> and a lot of us, if we have that person in our lives yeah. who will tell us those things, those aren't the people that we usually ask. Yeah, we don't right? want to hear that. <laughs> so it, it's it's a tough situation when you bring people in. It's tough for them. It's tough to come in and say, I, I don't like what you've put together. Yeah, it's a, it's an awkward... That's why you need an outside person like a designer or a color consultant that's going to be unbiased yeah. and just able to be objective about color. Somebody you don't have to go and eat Easter dinner with, yeah. you know, after all of this. So we've got color consultants in the store who will gladly help. If you want to bring in some color samples and talk it through, we can connect you with a designer if you'd like. Just stop in at any Repcolite Port City Paint store and start the conversation. Now, another thing that happens, and you kind of alluded to it already, Haley, is Caroline didn't trust her gut on this yeah. one. And that's the part I think she's really disappointed with, too, is that she knew and didn't listen to herself. That's always frustrating when you have the feeling that this isn't quite right, even if you don't know why. Mm -hmm. If you feel that way, you've kind of got to trust it because color is not this rational thing that we can just think our way out of. If we feel it's not right, it's never really going to be right. I don't know that we can learn to love a color. Well, right. We talk about that all the time, how color creates the atmosphere in a space. Mm -hmm. And so much of that is built around the feeling of what what it's doing. It's not a logical thing at all. Yeah, that's why it's it, so difficult. Right. So trying to force yourself or thinking that, hey, I'm going to grow to like this mm -hmm. down the road, it doesn't always play out that way. And what Caroline, in retrospect... You know, when we were talking to her, what she picked up on is the thing that was causing her to have this averse reaction to it, this gut feeling that it wasn't quite right, was seeing the two together. Yes. She was seeing the green in the kitchen and she was seeing this color sample and something inside was saying, this is really, really not where you want to go. Mm -hmm. But she didn't listen. She figured, I need to step outside. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because we always are challenging people. And this is a fine line. Right, it How is. do you step outside of your own box and challenge yourself and still, still pay attention good. to your gut? Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes our gut will keep us too safe. <laughs> right. All we're saying is just don't discount one or the other. Sometimes we're, we're tempted to just figure, you know, I've got to challenge myself. I'm going to ignore what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we feel the other way. Try to find a way through keeping both of those in mind. And you do that by giving yourself more time yes. to work through that process, like exactly. we said in the beginning. There's a lot going on. Choosing colors can be really, really frustrating. It can be stressful. Yeah. It can be one of those things that almost makes us want to shy away from paint projects. True. <laughs> On the other hand, it can be really rewarding. You know, when you get it right and you nail it, there's really nothing that feels better than seeing that space come together like that. And that's going to do it for this week's RepcoLite Rewind. If you'd like to check out other past episodes of the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show, just head to RepcoLite.com and click the On the Radio tab. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be returning to that interview with Kurt Zink and digging into some practical aspects of high-efficiency wood-burning fireplaces and what we need to know if we're interested in installing one. That's all coming up next. Stick around. 
we're back, and Haley and I are still in the studio with Kurt Zink from Vanderwall Brothers, fire scientist Kurt yes. Zink. Kurt, it's an honor for us to be here with you. Kurt started the last segment. You're returning the favor. Though. I am, because that's how I am. I'm very big-hearted, Haley. I know I'm, you know, I feel like I'm out of reach for most people. You know, I've reached this level of amazingness, <laughs> but I do like to, every now and then, step down to the rest of the crowd uh-huh. and just mingle a little bit. It's <laughs> nice I'm jo- Well, I, I appreciate now. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. So I turned that into a slam unintentionally. <laughs> anyway, Kurt, we've been talking about fire and all of those things. You're a fire scientist. You walked us through uh, a tax credit, mm-hmm. a lot of different things if, you, if you're looking at a high-efficiency wood-burning stove. Now, what I want to get into... Because if you're looking for that tax credit, we'll have info in the show notes. Yep. And by all means, we'll get Kurt's contact info at the end of this segment if you want to reach out to him and get your questions answered. What what I want to look at right now is let's paint a couple scenarios. Let's talk about, like, my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what's near and dear to me. Yes. I've got a fireplace. It's already there. It's just a wood burner. It's not high efficiency by any means. First off, tell us wh- – I mean, what do we get when when it's high efficiency, when it's a wood burner? It's not just eliminating, you know, undesirable things from going into the atmosphere. It's just a better heat source, right? It is. It absolutely provides more heat. Uh, You know, you look at kind of the history of fireplaces. We've had fire since, you know, kind of Stone Age, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so that's continued to improve over the years from the 1800s, how fireplaces were set in stoves. You have Ben Franklin having a Franklin stove. So we're now in the 70s was really what kind of kicked off the latest you know, with the oil embargoes that we had, and then we get into the 80s, the 90s, we're now at a point where, you know, the grams particulate matter is very low. You're talking about efficiency, so you can have really long burn cycles. So that fireplace that you have in your den, uh, if you're putting a high efficiency wood insert in there, you'll have separate. You'll have a separate liner uh, that will go up that flue, and so it really becomes. Certainly with any wood product, it's about the seasoned wood. It's the type of wood that you use. That is usually one of the biggest struggles that people have uh, with smokeouts. Um, but, you know, you're getting into a long burning uh, cycle. I know it's mid-February. What does that mean? What does that mean, a long burning So like we're talking six, eight, ten hour burn cycles From that you can get. Wood? So you can, and that's what's pretty amazing is you can kind of damper that down and you can have a slow burn to it. Um, pellet stoves and pellet inserts, you can set them on a, on a really long cycle from a burn standpoint. So it's really back to like, what is your fuel source? What, Where are you getting your fuel from? Old How are furniture. you seizing it? So plywood, <laughs> I think ply, I've heard plywood is one of the, you know, so. So I've got to get good wood. I've got it or pellets or something like that. I was joking. I don't have any furniture to burn. <laughs> Everything we've got is in use. Um, what about the smell and stuff like that? My fireplace, you know, I don't really mind the wood burning smell, but you know, right. homes that burn wood have a smell. Is that still going to be a thing? Some people it, like it, it and want it, it. It is, you know, irregardless of how efficient a f- uh, fireplace is, an insert, a stove that's burning wood, you will have some smoke. That's just invariably part of what will happen. And you will have a smell and you will have a sound. And okay. so that's usually people fire. are drawn to Sounds that. Sounds like my children. Smells, so. sounds, all of that is just part and parcel. That's yes. what you get. Good. How does it compare to like a gas one beyond the obvious that you're burning a log. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, efficiency-wise, are we looking at similar efficiency? You can look at similar efficiencies. We typically are talking about mid-70% efficiency. So these are really heating appliances. Hmm. The bigger question is, what's the structure? Wood burning is very high temperature. I mean, you can reach okay. 2,000 degrees. And so the venting systems are very different from a wood burning application to a gas application. That makes sense. A lot of more flexibility with gas applications. Kind of the cool thing with gas is you start to get into fresh air is coming in from the outdoors into the fire chamber, and then it's getting exhausted through the same pipe. It's a coaxial pipe, kind of a pipe within a pipe. Hmm. And that's what's kind of the really kind of a cool thing with gas is you have this uh, very high efficiency. Um, pretty flexible venting application, sure. and um, the gas units are getting more and more sophisticated. We have uh, a brand that we source out of Israel, and so they have fire log technology. Flames are coming out of the logs now. Very expensive, but yeah. very cool. <laughs> well, if I ever get to that you know, entry-level luxury home yes, that you started exactly. talking about, maybe I'll have one of those. Then you'll do that. Yeah. So when I run my fireplace, it will basically make one room in my house warm and it makes the rest of the house very cold. Is that something that will be fixed if I switch to a high efficiency one or is that another problem that I've got to address? You're already shaking. Yeah, it's it's really it's really kind of the design of your home. Oh, and man. so the design of where that thermostat's <laughs> at, a lot of times what we'll suggest is sometimes uh, people will turn their fans on in their thermostat and then that return air, your existing ductwork will help kind of translate that air and move, you know, the warm air around your house. Uh, but it's really more of a thermal envelope in the design and construction of the home. All right. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. So what about the process? What does the process look like? If somebody's interested, maybe Haley's interested, she wants to convert her fireplace. Do you have a fireplace? fireplace. <laughs> she doesn't have a fireplace. Let's talk about me again. I was trying to share the wisdom or, no. or the, the love, but it's not okay. going to happen. It's all about you. So I want to put an insert in, high-efficiency wood, burning one. What's the process look like? I call you guys, and then yeah, what We happens? typically find, so we have a seven-step process that we walk through at either Heritage Fireplace by Design in Grand Rapids or Vanderbilt Brothers in Spring Lake. And so we find, we really try to take an educational, kind of a facilitative approach, and we walk through that seven-step process with each uh, customer. And we find, like, we're trying to understand, you know, the project, the scope, uh, because we're really trying to find like what's the best fit for a, a mm -hmm. person rather than, you know, we're we don't really see ourselves as, you know, in the sales world. We're really seeing more as ourselves as helping to facilitate because fireplaces is a very niche industry. Yeah. Uh, you have to be mechanically licensed in our state. And we really want to find the best application to fit your specific needs. So if so. I call you up and say, I want a high efficiency wood burning insert, you would say, OK. Just dial it back for a second, Dan. And then you'd want to come out and talk to me and figure out if maybe that's not even what I need or want. I might be completely wrong. I know, Haley, hold. <laughs> it's hypothetical. <laughs> Chances are it's not the case, but it could be, right? It could be. And wh what we do is we really want you to start at the showroom. And so we start to understand your project. Mm -hmm. we, we know enough to be dangerous at that point to then start talking about applications, the fuel types, you know, be it gas, wood you know, alternative, electric. And as we go through our process, we will do a job takeoff. And that's really where we're validating it because we don't want to have a homeowner have a surprise. 
they don't want to be surprised. Right. We don't want to be surprised. Right. And so that's how when we walk through that seven steps, we're avoiding those issues to make sure that the application is going to work, that it's going to fit the objective of what the homeowner wants, and so that we all have a good experience. And like you can help us with anything. I mean, whether it's, well, not anything, but fire related. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. can, you've got gas inserts. You've got. We do. What about those little, um, you know, those little fireplaces they had in the 70s? They're coming back a little bit. Like, those. like the miniature stoves. Yes, exactly. Yeah. With the little pipe that goes out the wall. Are those something that you can help with? We don't have miniature stoves, but we have smaller stoves. So stoves come in different sizes. Sure. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. We've yeah, had some people so come cute. in. They are very cute. <laughs> yep. If so, I had one, I would want one of those. So we've got listeners in Detroit as well. I know you don't have locations in Detroit. How far will you go? And do you have any names that you could get us for, for people out in Detroit? Because you just want to get the right info out there. Absolutely. So we definitely have relationships on the east side of the state. Um, we really kind of cover from uh, Ludington to South Haven to the greater Grand Rapids area. That's kind of our focus of where we mm -hmm. tangibly can work well. Um, and I think one of the things people don't you know, realize is when we're talking about a fireplace, we're also talking about what's around the fireplace. And that's a lot of times where we try to look at it holistically, because if you're just looking at one application, sometimes you're not getting, I kind of call it form and function. We're talking about the function of the fireplace and the units, but then the form is really the design elements and how do those come together. It does take a little bit of time and, you know, we, we do this for a living and, you know, you might buy a fireplace every seven years or every 10 years or something like that. And, and to try to help people walk through that form and function and, right. and, and it's a tightrope. And I'm sure if they contact you guys with questions, you're happy to answer those. We are. Yeah. So we can go out to our website, vanderwallbros.com. And uh, we have, uh, you know, can, you know, interact through the website, uh, our, obviously our phone numbers, both the Grand Rapids and Spring Lake phone numbers and email. All right. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Otherwise, vanderwallbros.com. That's really fun to say. <laughs> Recommend trying it, Haley, when we're off and, and on a break. Kurt Zink from Vanderwall Brothers. Fire scientist Kurt Zink from Vanderwall Brothers. Thanks for being here. Thank you. All right, conventions need to be observed, and we need to take a break and play commercials and all of that. But when we come back, we'll be talking about some things that you can do right now that will save you big money on an upcoming project in the spring. That's all coming up just ahead, so stay right there. Well, Haley, let's solve the winter blues problems for people because... I know that we've had really nice weather for the last week or two, and we have delayed talking about this topic because we've had really nice weather. We've looked ahead and decided this was not the time to talk about killing the winter blues, but we know that winter is still lurking. Uh, yeah, no, this is the worst time of winter because you get built all this little hope, you know, because you get these weeks of nice weather and you think, oh, I'm, I'm in the clear now. Yeah. Like, we're done with this. Right. Smooth no, sailing. I, I, and I, normally, I, I would be done with it. I've learned, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old, and I finally figured it out. And even though I've had plenty of days in the past weeks where I'm outside in shorts, T-shirts, and winter boots, <laughs> I know that that's you're not how it's going to stay. Huh? I said you're one of those people. You're surprised that I'm one of those people? That surprises me. Now, winter's coming back, and with it, the winter blues come back, mm -hmm. and we all know what that feels like. 
And I know there's crushing. all kinds. All, it's crushing. Yeah. And there's all kinds of things that you can do to fix it. The whole online world is full of recommendations. You can exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't want to exercise. <laughs> Struggling with the winter blues, man. The last thing I want to do is crunches or whatever. You can get a lamp. You can get a lamp. You can eat right. Yeah. That one really gets me. Takes you know, vitamin D. I don't want to eat right. I want to eat a bag of Snickers right now <laughs> and just process the the depression outside. Right? So all of those recommendations are ridiculous. They're not ridiculous. They're not ridiculous. I'm sure somebody... But they're not for Dan. They're not for me. Let's be honest. We're not solving the people's winter blues problem. We're solving Dan's <laughs> winter blues problem. Right. Right. And I I am going to solve my winter blues problems mm-hmm. by planning this year. Yes. And I've started this process, and it has worked so well. You can tell by the upbeat nature with which I'm delivering all of this information. <laughs> it really has helped me. And the reason it's... Well, there's so many reasons. I think we're just going to work through it step by step. What I've started doing, let's start with that. That's really important, is planning. And I'm planning for projects that are upcoming. And my particular projects, Mm -hmm. the reason this has really panned out for me, is my projects are outdoor projects. Okay. So when we had the nice weather, I start thinking about, oh, man, I wish I could get outside. And then I know it's going to get cold again. So rather than sit here with that depression, I start planning out how I'm going to fix the deck so that's going to be beautiful when the time comes. And I get all excited yes. thinking about that good weather again or the yeah, shed oh, or the garage. You know, it gives, something, it gives you something really positive to focus on because these are all really positive, productive things to do in the future. And it feels like you're already starting the process now because you are planning. We get so much satisfaction from planning. Sometimes you don't have to do the project. <laughs> Some people we just like the planning. Some people yeah. like the planning. Not everybody likes the planning. I think the people who don't like the planning maybe aren't doing it right. Mm. And I'm certainly I've, I've been in that group, you know, and I think how do you do planning wrong? Well, you do planning wrong by starting planning four hours before your project. Yeah, that's not going to start. Well, that's what people think sure. of as planning. Yeah. And, and and that doesn't work. Or why else would they hate planning? Because not everybody loves planning. Um. I think people like doing, you know, some people are active, physical people, and so mm-hmm. they just want to start doing. What? Are you implying that I'm not? No. The way you looked at me? No. Okay. I mean, maybe. Boy, that was awkward. Kind of okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't drawn attention to that. No, I think what you hit on there is we don't think of planning as doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the answer. Yeah. And planning feels like a waste of time. Right. I should be accomplishing this so I can get to the next thing. Haley, you're brilliant. See, you fixed the problem. I didn't know what the answer was. Now we do. Planning is activity. Yes. It's ridiculously important activity. Yes. And if you don't accomplish it, your actual physical activities are going to be less productive. So jump into planning. You mentioned that it gives your mind something productive to work on. Right. For me, what's happened with this planning, not only am I looking at summer projects that are upcoming that I'm excited to tackle, Mm -hmm. and that's really good as I'm heading into a project to be excited to tackle it. You know, I'm building up some energy moving ahead. But I'm also letting go of some of the introspection that I found myself doing. Mm -hmm. I have found myself when I've got downtime Mm -hmm. uh, thinking too much about myself and things that I need to change. And I know that's surprising. 
that there's anything. Really, I mean, people see this and listen to me and probably figure of all the people who've got it together. But you go in kind of a negative direction is what you're saying when you've got too much downtime. I like, do. Instead of your mind getting focused on I don't on, like, get productive. Positive, yeah, it's not positive at it's all. It's negative. It's negative. Yeah. Boy, you need to exercise more. What's wrong with you? And then I turn it on everybody else. I've got lists of all the things oh the children God. do that should be changed. It's not productive. It's no. not positive. Mm-mm. This has become positive. So yeah. I'm recommending that. It's it's really been a big difference for me. What could you plan out right now? I mean, so many, so many things. things. Color. If you've got a project exactly. coming up, you're thinking about your kitchen, your bathroom, something like that. Get the colors worked out right now. You are going to save yourself so much time down the road. And more importantly than time, you're going to save money and you're going to make a much better color decision. Well, yeah, you are going to save money. And I feel like that's part of planning that I really like, too, is that, yes, you're not going to make the mistake. And so you're saving money in that way. But also you can start saving for that project now because you've done all the planning. If you're a planner like me, you break down every single tool you're going to need. You price it out. And so you've got your budget for the project. And now if I can't afford to do that now, it's depressing. But if I'm planning and I'm looking towards the future, it's not depressing because I can say, okay, I'm going to put away this much money every week so I can do this project in the spring. Right. How many times don't you start a project? Well, let me just talk about me. How many times do I start a project and I don't have all of the right tools? Right. Well, at that point, my budget's already allotted Mm -hmm. for the paint that I need or the whatever that I need. I don't have as much money to get the tools that I need. I need. So either I don't use those tools or I break the budget. Yeah. I never break the budget, Haley. Okay. <laughs> I don't use those tools. I use something else. Yeah. And it doesn't normally Not work well. It's effective. Or I get something really cheap, a really cheap version of what I wanted sure. that does not work as well. Sometimes those do. In a lot of instances, they just don't. You right. need the right thing to make the project work. And by planning ahead, you're going to catch all of those things. Exactly. And like you said, you can budget the money for it. A lot of what I do is I'll actually not just budget it. I've set it aside. It goes to another mm-hmm. place. So it's not even like it's my money anymore. Right. It's off to the side. Yeah, the I'm project's not... you know, set aside already. It's right. done in that way. No, I love that part about planning. It's going to save so many big problems down the road. You know, you can figure out your paint colors. You can figure out your tools. You can figure out the process. Yeah. If you've never done something before, I think that really stands in our way later on because we're just too intimidated by a project. And so we never get to it. We put it off. We decide that we can't. And if you're really buying into this planning process, now you've got all the time to learn about the process. Do the research, come into a Repcolite store and talk to us. You don't have to buy something every time you come in. Just come and talk to us about a project so that we can be there when you're ready. If you want to buy something every time you come in, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. But we like talking to you too. <laughs> right. All of those things. Another thing about planning is that it's fun now. It can be fun now. You've got nothing else cooking. Right. Right. We're sitting inside. The big storm of 23 is just mm-hmm. around the corner. If you're sitting inside during that, planning is fun and it's productive. Later, when the project is starting and you just want to see results, planning is no fun and you don't want to do it at all. When it is really warm outside, when it is springtime, that's the last thing that I want to be doing because I've got to get stuff in the ground now. You know, I love garden planning. That's one of the things that I love doing this time of year. I hate doing it in the spring because I just want to start doing the thing now. Planning is like miserable at that point. All right. We've got a few more thoughts on this that we want to talk about. We're going to do that. 
and air that in the podcast. But right now, for the on-air part yes. of the show, we're going to have to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And if you've got a topic that you'd love to hear us talk about on the show sometime in the future, we'd love that information yeah. so we can start planning for that. <laughs> you can email us at radio at repcolite.com. Well, even if you've got something that you're thinking about now that you want to start planning for and need help doing that research, let us do it for you. We'll come up with some answers. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe you don't want to do the planning. Yeah, maybe, we'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, maybe your planning is just getting us to do that planning. Perfect. Either way, send that info to radio at repcolite.com. We'll dig into it. We'll get you answers. And who knows what? Maybe we'll share them with everybody out there, if it's a really good project that applies to more people, a lot of people can benefit. So anyway, whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The RepcoLite stores are all open, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Now, Haley, you mentioned you like to just get the stuff in the ground. You just want to get moving. I mean, that's really what the whole thing that we've been talking about is. Right. Is the whole idea that I just want to be doing something and planning isn't part of that. If we haven't incorporated it into mm-hmm. our whole project, we hit the ground and maybe we're putting the wrong things in the ground. Or I definitely did that last year. I thought you did. Yeah. You bought how much? I don't so want to say how much because you bought a ton like, of plants. Root starters that I just I didn't know enough about. You know, I thought I was doing the right things that I had done enough research to get me by because I just wanted to take advantage of like a certain sale that was going on. Mm-hmm. No, I hadn't done enough research. I needed to do way more planning than I thought. And I, I should have known that. This isn't something that I've really done before. I've not had a yard to landscape on my own. So it was one of those things that I haven't done. I needed to research the process more so that it was successful because I did not have success. <laughs> no, I think about, you know, we talked about paint projects and all of those things. But, yeah, when you're talking about that, I'm thinking instantly about the flowers mm-hmm. every spring. You know, it's time to get flowers for the house because the right. people who had the house before me really big into outdoor I mean, they really put yeah. the time in, and man, that has been stressful for me. There's so much to upkeep and maintain and live up to, you know, because the neighborhood yeah, knows they the did a great job. It. No, I'm all, I'm <laughs> I'm the one who's ruined it, and it's not a fun place to be. But every spring, we've got to get plants and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and every single time that happens, I think, oh man, I should have dug into this a little more. Yeah. See, because for me, now for some people, that's a no-brainer. It's just right. like They've good been grief. Doing it for so long, for and me, they know. For me, it's it's tough. I I'm reading every tag in the store, trying yep. to figure out is this going to fit where I I could have planned this all out. I could have had a plan in place, a list of what I was looking for, exactly. some types of things. I could have known. Oh, this is exactly not what to put where you always put it. Or like how often you need to water that thing when you first plant it, because that's where I messed up. I put it in the right spot. It was meant for my shade, but I just didn't have the right watering schedule to make it take when I planted it. So it was still a waste. Yeah, I know. It feels really bad to do that, to spend that time. It's a waste of money. Well, I know. I, I'm hesitating because there's something I want to say. I guess I'm going to just jump in. We're on the podcast. And there's nothing bad about it. I just feel bad. It was very, not funny to me is the wrong word, but I knew something went very wrong with your project last year. I didn't want to ask about it. But in the beginning of the season, you are just nonstop driving me nuts talking about all these plants you're going to buy. Yeah. Guilting me. 
because I didn't have any plants figured out yet. And I didn't buy as many plants. And Haley's just, she just got a new house and she's just. I'm going for it. It's like a greenhouse outside. It's just amazing. All the things that she's bought. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody just turned off the the water. There's yep. nothing. Nothing. Haley doesn't say two words. Uh-huh. I finally asked her, how are those plants doing? Dead. Everything's dead. <laughs> right? A vast majority yeah, died. Vast majority. Yeah. Just, and you know, part of that too, I do think maybe I've got like a soil problem. But that's oh, another let's one. Blame of those somebody else. Blame something else. That I could have planned for. You know, like a good gardener that's never planted in an area before would probably be looking at the pH of the soil. Like these are just all of the things that go into projects that we don't think about when we're just in action mode. Right. Right, right, right. So many of those things. Now's the time to get that stuff figured out because planning for, and I got to be talking to myself here, and in my head, I'm not. So I'm going to take one second. I'm envisioning myself getting (laughs) lectured by myself, which is really funny. And I need to right now go home and start planning out what I want to put in the yard this mm-hmm. year, and I can get that figured out. And it's going to be really fun because I'm thinking about the plants, the flowers, all of that stuff that when May hits, you know, end of April, right. May, and the weather's really nice, and all of the stuff is really starting to come in, the yard greens up, that's great times. I can make sure that that is really smooth if I start that process now, and I'll enjoy the great big storm exactly. of 23 or whatever's coming by thinking about those things. Yeah. So whether it's outdoor work like that, I've got a shed that needs painting, mm-hmm. a deck that needs to be done. Those are all things that you can think about, get planned out right now. Like a deck. Talk about that very quickly because sometimes people will have to strip it down, clean it. We have a deck cleaning machine that basically it will sand the entire right. deck. The on-floor machine. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, but it does book out. I mean, like all... Is that the right way to yeah, say it? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a rental, so you've got to plan ahead. You've got to make sure that you're on the books to be able to have that machine during the right, height of deck season. Right now, nobody's on the books, so you could get set for project down the road. you're hire someone, you know? I mean, that stuff you've got to be planning ahead of time. You're not just going to hire a painter for next week when spring comes. You've got to be on the books already, so... No matter what you're doing, whether you're going to do it yourself or hire someone else to do it, planning is crucial and it's fun to do now. It's not fun to do later. Right. So if you're struggling with the winter blues, we could keep going, but I think we've made the case. If you're struggling with the winter blues, if you don't believe us that winter's over, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Just enjoy what we've got. And when February rears its head again or March shows up to be true March like Mm -hmm. we know it will be, remember this. And when you're feeling a little bummed, Maybe it's time to turn off TV, get a notepad, maybe get some coffee, Right. just sit down. Make some lists. Make some lists of all the different things that you want to work on, things around your home that you'd love to see changed. Figure out the things that you need to figure out. You know, what do I need to know in order to change that? If to make this happen, I need to learn how to do X, Y, Z, or I need this color or that color figured out for this space. Now you know what you're after, then spend some time working on those things. And before you know it, winter will have gone the way of the dinosaur for a while. It'll come back again, but at least you've got a break. (laughs) It'll be crushed again. But (laughs) But at least you'll have a break and it'll be time to work. And now all of a sudden, while everybody else is scrambling around thinking, oh, my goodness, i got to figure this out. I want to do all the things. You've got it set and you can hit the ground running, make good decisions, budget friendly decisions. And yeah, basically get the projects done and get ready for the fun stuff. That's what's going to happen. You're going to win the whole year. Yeah. All right. That's all the time we've got for this. We're going to wrap it up. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for listening.